I wonder how many junior bacon cheeseburgers I can eat. <laughs> you wouldn't know until you started buying them. Hey, everybody. Welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding. Of course, we're here with Scott the Producer McNally, Dusty Hanshaw, who's on remote. Yes. And, of course, myself, Big Ron Partlow. Where are you at, Dusty? I'm in Fort Lauderdale doing a little family vacay. Nice. Okay, Fort Lauderdale. Remember, like, share, subscribe, comment, and... Ring the bell. All the way from Fort Lauderdale, ringing the bell. And remember, of course, IamMutant.com, 20% off with Dusty20 or Big Ron20. We want to take a second and thank you guys for using our codes. It's, like, awesome because I don't really ask often how many times my code's getting used. I don't really pay attention. Yeah. And then the other day I was talking to George. I was like, oh, man, it's, like, way up. Like, really? Like, way right. up. So it's, it's got to be the show. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate that. And, of course, Dusty. Dusty's always killing it in the USA. You know how Dusty does it. Dude, And uh, somebody yes. said about the shirts. So last week, somebody was like, oh, the, the shirts exactly. are sold out. And you guys were like, no, we got we got thousands of them. There must be Dusty a mistake. shirts sold out. You wow. guys were incredible. They're gone. Gone. They got to yeah. be more Dusty shirts. And I remember they, like, did a lot of them. They were, like, yeah. ready, you know? So that's that's – I'm so glad that's a huge hit because that's, like, the coolest shirt. And, uh, of course, remember the Patreon for Think Big Bodybuilding Network. Is it media or network? Am I even saying that right? It's it's media, but I just media. let you say what you want to say. I, that's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, I need to be correct. I need to be put in my <laughs> place. Okay, yeah, I dropped an f bomb early. I for do. You, I do. I do have to. Uh, I do have to warn you, Scott. Yeah. I, uh, I, ha- I had to ban Jesse from fifty dollar. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Super I, chats. <laughs> man, I appreciate it, Jesse. That was freaking cool. But thank you, Dusty. You have to ban him from that because we can only. You know what? If everybody gave one dollar, I would feel I would feel very comfortable with taking that fifty dollars. But I Jesse, have no problem taking a dollar from everybody. Yeah, you have you need to save your forty nine dollars for post uh, post diet cheat meals and stuff like that. You know. Hey, no, I, hey, I you know what? Time. I'm like, dude. As much as you follow, we 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 will be loading your questions up, and I think you're good for a couple of years on, yes. on adding money. Yes, <laughs> I I do I do I, I I do understand how he feels though. I've had moments in my life where I just felt so appreciative for something that I gave like a mm. huge tip, you know? Oh yeah, like, yeah. I, I've had a few of those moments, and it's nice to know that you know he he was enjoying the episode so much that he thought, you know what? These guys are getting a hit. Like, I remember one time I was in Europe and I was in the London subway station and there was a guy playing guitar and he was, he was, he was playing Mr. Brownstone by Guns N' Roses on an acoustic guitar. He got you. He got you. And he was awesome. And he'd like, he'd like, he was doing things with his hand to get the drum beats in there too. You know what I mean? Like he... He wasn't just playing the guitar part. He had made it a, an acoustic guitar piece, right? He he was like strumming the top string a little bit more for the bass, and he he had like the one man band version of Mister Brownstone going on. And I remember I was on my way to the airport, like I was taking the train to the airport, and I had a bunch of British pounds in my wallet. And I normally they just go come home and they just sit in a drawer till I go back to England the next time, right? And yeah. I just grabbed like a couple of giant notes. I think I tipped him like 50 or 60 bucks Canadian. And I just threw it in his jar. And he just looked at me and he's like, you know, he, he just made his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just, I was just, I needed that, man. It was worth the 50 bucks. Like, it was awesome. So that's, uh, I get it. 
you know? Thanks, Jesse. Yeah, thank you, Jesse. Awesome. Absolutely. We were, we were your busker at the train station that day. <laughs> okay, I have to let everybody know, this eye's been swollen shut for almost two days because I've had the worst cold. Oh, no. And I'm uh, I'm all otrovined up, both nostrils, and I got some ephedrine in me. Good. Get that eye open, but it's like my eyelid's like fat. It's been so like watery, just pouring, and it's been oh, disgusting. So God. I didn't leave the house yesterday. I stayed home all day, canceled everything. Um, yeah, it was, it was rough. So, uh, But we're a little bit better today. I can at least see out Good. of both eyes. Good. And uh, we should get through the episode. So let's get going. We've got an opening topic, right, Scott? Yes, yes. Yeah, we had the... And, why don't you word it? How are we wording it? Well, I, yeah, man, something along the lines of the the three most asked questions in bodybuilding. And not all three of them are always currently. You guys will see. You guys will see. We've got some good stuff here because, you know, as bodybuilders, you get asked questions all the time, especially like after you put on some muscle or after you get absolutely peeled. You know, normal people come up mm-hmm. to you all the time and they've always got questions. I'm sure you st- you get it all the time, Dusty, you know, just walking around. So we figured we'd try to compile. We came up with a bunch of them. And then between the three of us, we narrowed it down because we wanted to be entertaining, too, to like the three best. So what, yeah, I, don't, yeah. right. I know that each of us have one to present. I'll start since, since it, you know, I'm talking already. And yes. the okay. one I came up with or the one I, I added to the pool was... Uh, can you lose muscle, excuse me, can you lose fat and gain muscle at the same time? Is that possible? Because I think everybody that comes to us, they're, you know, new guys are like, hey, you know, what are your goals? And they're like, hey, well, I want to put on 20 pounds of muscle and I want to lose 30 pounds of fat uh, for, you know, this wedding at the end of the month. How do I do that? Yeah. (laughs) At the end of the month. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That was was an important detail. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah, there's 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 always an extremely short, unrealistic timeline, you know. Mm, even yeah. if they have like, you get the guys that even they they have a competitor mindset, so they're halfway there, but their timeline's still totally screwed up. You yeah, know? yeah. They're like, yeah, man, want to have a killer off season? Put on thirty pounds of muscle, <laughs> drop, you know, be the you know thirty pounds heavier off season weight, but twenty pounds leaner when I start my prep. Right. And they're like, well, yeah. I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> enthusiasm's top notch. Yeah, I and of course the answer to that question is yes, you can do both sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is the answer to almost every single question anyone asks me. Yeah, yeah, you're basically not answering every time you answer those questions. Like, yes, that's how I feel. Maybe not. Yeah, but your genetics, eh? Like you throw that in at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know Nick Walker? Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I think it depends yeah. on where you're at too. You know, like where what what's your current level of bodybuilding? How far in are you? You know, if you're mm-hmm. brand new to it and you're kind of like skinny fat, you could definitely and you haven't had a good diet. I think you could definitely now you, you're going from like eating just junk and eating whatever. Now you're eating protein five times a day or six times a day. Uh, you know, you're getting carbs in yeah. around your meals. You're keeping it clean. I think there can be definitely a recomping effect. While we talk about this, I had a picture I want to try to pull up because I have an example of a natural guy before we worked together for a contest prep and then like yep. seven weeks after the prep. And I it's on here, my computer somewhere. So I'm digging that up. But he made some, here it is. Tell me what do you guys think of this. 
So this is before the prep. This is a natural guy, mind you. So it wasn't like, you know, the trend or something. This is before the diet on the left. And then on the right is, uh, it was like five, six, six weeks, seven weeks after the diet was over. He was a men's physique guy, good friend of mine too, named Vache. And uh, he said, hey man, check this out. I, you know, I think I made some progress. You know, the scale was up from where he had been before. Um, and, and like I said, it was an, it was a natural dude. He was on yeah. a keto diet to get in shape. I mean, he really had to work to get there, but at the same time, he wasn't that big to begin with. So he had, you know what I mean? It's not like he was dusty trying to put on another 20 pounds from where dusty's already at. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he was way thicker there in the chest and delts and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a great, uh, you know, body comp switch. I also find if if you've got someone who's like you said skinny fat like hasn't been doing anything you know the prime the prime person for this type of thing i think it also is magnified if they've already been a really like aggressive athlete at one point in their uh, life yeah um right. i think i still believe there's something about the nervous system or adaptation speed or i don't know what is there's genes that have been switched on who knows what it is but if you take someone who maybe they were like a high school athlete and then they got skinny fat yep. they can they can make the craziest changes because it's something about maybe it's all half mental like they train harder because they know how to train hard they know how to give her you know like it's like i say that if you've never been given a football and told to run for your life <laughs> there's certain lessons you <laughs> don't know or if you've never been the, the guy chasing the guy with the football and you're the, the only guy that can catch him hmm. you have to run for your right. life so that I, I talk about that run for your life feeling that playing sports or being a competitive athlete of some kind uh, can teach us and that's of course a mental switch right so there's if you have that then it's like really like wow you can see some crazy stuff you know I've prepped a few guys like you said Scott that kind of came out of hibernation you know they hadn't done anything in a long time and they're like oh you gotta get in shape i want to do a show and we're like, oh, okay and there's just like the craziest yeah. before and afters you know what i mean trend or no trend right you know right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i saw it thing to add there i saw it in my first show i i did but you know i i was using gear too so I, that's why i'm not using myself as an example but I, and I, I think it can be done. I think it, I think that, you know, you don't see it right away, though, because at the same time, you're dieted down. So you're depleted. You're not like getting bigger and rounder uh, until after you've filled out after, you know, the diet is over. So it's not something you're like seeing right away, I think. But I don't know. What do you think, Dusty? I think for the most part, I mean, the answer is it's possible, but I like to remind people. That's not the most efficient way to do either. So I like to remind people that when they come to me and say, I want to get bigger and I want to get leaner, you know, more muscular, I say, and leaner. I say, okay, so you want to turn left and you want to turn right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. You know, it, it, it is important to, to point that out. Now, it does happen um, natural and uh, obviously enhanced, but I just like to remind guys like, while we're dieting down, my goal is to not lose any muscle yeah, and to yeah. get sliced. If you put on muscle somehow, that's great, um, but that's not the goal. you know. And, and it's important to push that through to people because I find that usually what happens if you don't is they are, are kind of trying to straddle a fence. Yeah. And you really need to jump on a side of the fence and run with it. It's the same thing in reverse. When it's time to get big – 
I want to I want to get really really big, but I want to stay lean. I'm like, which one do you want to do? Like, yeah, like, you might you know you might stay lean despite what we're doing to try to get big, but the goal isn't yeah. to stay lean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's part of the exactly. confusion there too. Is people see a guy who's who's putting size on and staying lean, and they're like, well, he must be eating tuna and rice. It's like, no, maybe he's right. just going really well. He's just not putting on body fat. He's eating a ton. It's like crazy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're getting, you're getting grooves and it makes people think, eh, is this guy dieting? Like it's, it's funny. Well, think about when like you finish a show, I'm sure you guys have experienced this where weeks after the show, you just appear to be getting bigger and you know, you're a little softer, but I mean, in the gym, you just look nuts and nuts and nuts. And it's like, holy shit. And then one day I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm fat. Yeah, yeah. Like last <laughs> right. night, I got fat. <laughs> last night while I was asleep, I got fat because All I was once. shredded yesterday. <laughs> like, yeah, I tell people you know. the dam the dam breaks on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday <laughs> after the show, you wake up and it's the fucking the dam is broke. Yeah, that's how, it, that's how it works. People brag. They send me pictures Wednesday. They're like, "I'm still shredded. I'm only up six pounds." I'm like, "Tomorrow I'll be yeah. twenty. Calm down. Stop eating Burger King." Yeah, you know. And then like Friday, they message. Friday, they message are like, I think I need a diuretic. You were right. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm holding a little water now. Yeah. yeah holding a little water now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Not to derail this, but that's also the danger I see after a show is how many times do you guys get that question? Hey, you know, I'm looking at my pictures on Tuesday. Maybe we should have done what we've done since the show oh. before mm. the show. <laughs> and I'm always like, I promise, although I understand what you think you're seeing, that ain't gonna work on stage. Yeah, no. You know, I, looking I, nasty this, in the gym and twenty yeah. pounds bigger. I promise that's not the real thing. Yeah, yeah. It's so hard on guys, and I see it all the way to the top, the high levels of of the people I help too. The another big one too, just to kind of piggyback on that is, you know, like a, they'll ask a judge, "What can I do?" And the judge will be like, "Well, come in fuller," mm-hmm. and they think that means more cookies and burgers will make mm. them look better on stage. Yeah, and right. it's like no. What the judge sh- should have said was coming bigger. Yeah, because he doesn't right. know. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know what full is on you. He didn't diet you. He didn't look Thank at hundred sets of pictures. Thank you. I've seen a hundred sets yeah. of pictures, two hundred sets of pictures. You're full. He said, you know, you need fuller packs and fuller arms, but that's not cookies and burgers and more carbs. That's that's bigger he means bigger like, that's two you know, inches I, more arm <laughs> yeah i really really point. bothers me when judges tell guys oh you need fuller pecs and fuller lats and they're like oh i should have eaten more and they go back to their coach and they're like i should be you know i should be 215 on stage not 207 well you should it's like, but it's gonna take adding yeah. eight more pounds of muscle to do that yeah it's not like <laughs> yeah. a carb up next, thing. next year <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah 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 and then yeah and then the post show thing well I'm, i should i should look like this on stage i'm like no the fine details not there the fine yeah. details not there yeah. in the ham the fine detail in the upper quad or wherever there's it, it's not there and it makes a difference yeah my my question sure. are we on to mine now we're doing yeah. mine yeah. yeah yep go ahead ryan's got mine's a, weird a fun, one. My, mine's a funny one because a lot of you guys are going to think it's weird but back in the 90s we used to get this all the time and it was because there was such a big chasm or chasm I don't know how to say the word between general population and bodybuilding it was a lot more like mysterious and a lot more you know it was just like this really crazy weird cult of uh weirdos that bodybuilding so the <laughs> general public had in this in essence dumber questions 
And one question that they used to ask a lot was they'd look at a contest photo of someone who was shred- who's shredded and they'd ask, does it hurt to look like that? Like, does that hurt? And they'd like, they'd like grab their muscle. Be like, does that hurt? Like to be that shredded? And I remember thinking it was a weird question. Like, what, what do you mean? Yeah. But <laughs> it was common. It was actually common. And I started like, at first I'd be like, no, it doesn't hurt. And then I would think, well, maybe I should like explain to them. I should give them some context. So I started telling when people would say, does it hurt to look like that? I'd go, no, but like stuff like when you sit on the toilet, your feet go numb because you've got no fat on your hamstrings. So <laughs> you like, cut the circulation off to your, like, you know, when you're shredded, your glutes are shredded to sit on the toilet for three mm-hmm. minutes and your feet are going numb. You're like, Jesus. So I would tell them stuff like that to sort of let them know that there is a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to walking around peeled. There's little physical things that you would right. notice, but it's not like it hurts. You know what I mean? And I'd say, well, the diet right. hurts. Physically. You know, emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that was that was like a really weird old question we used to get. <laughs> yeah, emotion it hurts. Yeah, well, bodybuilding hurts. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember <laughs> having one person say that to me just once about my calves. They're like, oh, does that hurt? And I just, I didn't really say much. I just kind of blew it off. I actually had somebody, we were walking yesterday. Victoria and I were in the woods. Sorry, taking us off, off tangent. Are you going to brag about your calves a little more? I am. I am. Yeah. We were walking in the woods and there was some guy with a German shepherd, like 15 feet away. And he was like on another trail and we, we wanted to avoid walking around people. So we turned left and he was turning where we had gone and he goes, uh, Hey, if you get some time later today, and Victoria and I are both thinking, like, is, is he talking to us? He was like, you should probably right. work on those calves a little from like 20 feet away in the woods. We just looked at each other and laughed. I was like, oh, thank you very much. And she thinks he said piss off after that and walked away, but <laughs> which he may have. I don't think that, he did. That would be my problem. Maybe that was, maybe that was a little more, maybe that was a little more calf banter. Piss off, yeah, with those yeah, calves. Yeah. Exactly, like it was, exactly. It was in a friendly way. Oh yeah, it would have been. You know? It would have been. It's for like sure. like something Dino would say, right? Right, Dusty. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Was but he think, British? Did he have a British accent? No, no, he was didn't. It Dino. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that I I think I had that question once. Have you ever had that asked to you, Dusty? I've never been asked if it hurts, uh, but this is a beautiful transition to the most common question I think everyone gets. Which is when someone sees you and you're, you know, you're very muscular and they say, okay, but when you stop lifting weights and eating all that protein, is all, all that muscle, is it going to turn to fat? Hmm. And that is a question I have heard so many times. I will admit, like Ron said, I do think that information is higher now and less, like I haven't heard that in a long time. Yeah. But that used to be a very, very common question. And it used to always make me laugh because I'm like, well, well, no, you, something doesn't just turn into something else. Like, I, I will hopefully lose the muscle and I hopefully will eat in a way that doesn't allow me to get fat, but it doesn't turn to fat. You know what I mean? And I think that that was always a funny question to me because it makes sense to a lot of people that that's how it works, that it just turns the fat like muscle becomes something totally different yeah if you look a lot of that going on in the world these days technically i mean men are becoming (laughs) anyways um (laughs) if you look at the water 
the the kid like guys who played like high school sports and then they wrap it up after that and then they just you know like they were eating big they were running all the time they were lifting you know in the weight room at the high school and then they stop you know and they're like just drinking beer and working at a machine shop and then you see them a couple years later and they're still eating the way they used to but now they're not put you know they're like that former high school athlete Uh vibe going Uh on those guys they tend to there's a lot of that that demographic that ends up getting a little chubby, right? And I could see oh, how yeah. people can make that that connection, right? Like, oh, yeah, right. that guy used to be in really good shape. Or I remember, you know what I used to see? People used to um, show the picture of Arnold after he had, like, his heart operation or something. Like, see, that's what he looks like now after all the uh, weightlifting, you know? Uh-huh. Right, right, right. It's all saggy and everything, you know? it's all You're going to yeah. stretch your skin out, you know, all that. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I noticed a lot of guys that like the NFL and the NBA, a lot of those retired guys, they're so out of shape. Yeah. Because the retired NFL guys, you're like, man, like you gotta, like you're going to die of a heart attack soon. They're like played it, you know, they played at 240 and they retire and they're walking around 270 fat. And it's like, oh, man, yeah. stop eating pizzas every night or whatever you're eating. But yeah. yeah. Some of those. You know, like Charles Barkley got real fat for a while there. Like, man, you were like a, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you were an well, NBA look at, player. Um, you ever see uh, Keith Kachuk, the hockey player? His sons both play in the NHL now. Um, so he's been, because uh, Matthew Kachuk, his son, is in the uh, finals right now. So they've been showing him a lot. And he's fat as hell. Like hmm. he just looks like a heavy set. Like you would never imagine he's a Hall of Fame hockey player. Like, right. no way. Because, like you said, I, the eating stays the same. And, and let's be straight, most athletes are genetic marvels. So, especially back then, it yeah, wasn't as level. focused as it is now on eating. I mean, when I was playing hockey, like, we would stop on the way home from practice for dinner, dinner at 7-Eleven and get nachos <laughs> and sodas and junk, pure garbage, and then go home. And every guy – has got abs and is in shape because you're burning so many calories all the time. Yeah. And you, you, I, the appetite doesn't go down when the skating stops. I'll tell you that much. Uh, there you I go. remember yeah. from my, from my, my bartending days, there were many members of the Edmonton Oilers that were functional alcoholics at every level. Oh yeah. And I remember Phil Housley, hall of fame defenseman leaning on my bar and chain smoking mm. the entire night. He must've smoked and, and then he smoked a whole pack to himself. Easy. <laughs> just getting hammered at my bar. And I remember thinking like, you have a game in like two days, like <laughs> you perform. Yeah. And, and, you and, he, and he probably lit it up. <laughs> probably. That's amazing. So, yeah. Now we also had a post that caught our eye because we thought it was a good topic. Yes. Let's see. I brought it up here. This is from DLB, isn't it? So, I mean, there's a lot of, obviously, context and, you know, all that stuff, but we'll just discuss what we think here. So, this is from DLB, huge friend of, the, of us. You know, we know Dana, long time, um, big supporters of her. So, she's talking in this post about how if you want a body part to grow, if you have a stubborn body part, just train it more often. And she said, you know, she wanted more leg development, so she just trained her legs three times a week. And... Um, she doesn't really say too much more. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a reasonable length post. She doesn't go on like a big novel or anything. Yeah. So 
what we're just going to discuss whether we agree or what the nuances and uh, context is of this. Yeah, I think that was what I wanted to draw attention to was the idea that, um, number one, she's not human. I think we have to remind people that. (laughs) Like, like, you guys don't understand because you've seen the videos um, and you know she'll train for three hours and she trains hard. No one trains harder, more intensely than Dana, I will say that. But what the videos don't show is, for example, when we were out in L.A., and Dana did a video shooting with Regan Grimes, did yeah. a full training video with him. And Back. as soon as she got done, Rob, and I don't remember who Rob was training with, was training, was it back again or shoulders chest. or they were, something? They were setting up chest. chest, yeah. Yeah, so she just immediately was like, okay, cool, I'm just going to train with them now. So she finished a full, and, and she trained her way, smoked through a workout. I was like, oh, we're going to do chest now? Okay, let's go. Yeah. No break, no nothing. And then proceeds to push hard as shit for that. And we were teasing them because obviously we, we've known them for forever. And Rob's like, oh, this happens all the time. This will happen after a 12-hour expo or when she does yeah. anything like that where she's on her feet all day. That's the only way she knows how to go. And it works for her. So yeah. I thought it was just yeah, a very yeah. interesting thing because I do get asked this all the time. And I'm going to let you guys speak after I finish the sentence. But – okay, girls will come to me and they say, I want my glutes and legs to grow. How many days a week can I train them? So what do you, what do you guys think from those two things? And of course, what Dana wrote? Well, w- one thing I'd add is that Regan was at the front completely smoked, <laughs> sitting there all beat up <laughs> after the back workout. He was like, because, yeah. you know, it was Regan. He just did a full back workout. And she just was like hopping onto chest with with Rob, but that was beside the point. Um, so I do believe I've I've heard some people that I really respect that know a whole lot more than I do about physiology, and I've I've heard them say that they believe women can tolerate a lot higher volume than men. I've heard that too. And and um, so there's a little bit of that, and I don't know whether that's because um, you know men lift like more weight so there's more like nervous system stress and women can hammer more sets i typically i don't know exactly why that would be um but i've 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 read and heard a lot about women being able to tolerate higher volume and i do believe like i totally believe that there's a way to tweak frequency and volume for higher frequency you know like like you could train a body part three times a week if you have the volume right yeah, because it's right. all about recovery. I've never been good at getting the volume adjusted for that type of training. I tried it several times. I just couldn't get it to work for me. Hmm. Uh, maybe if I would have tried longer or had someone help me out or you know inject some new ideas into what I was thinking at the time, inject. I might have yeah, been able to too. set it up. But um, yeah, inject. Yeah, is a little. You know, it's that trend our tea time. We're like um, three year olds. We can't ignore that word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, you're onto something. So, inject, yeah. So, but but Dana Dana also has extremely high volume tolerance, obviously. Um, so you know, yes, you can train a muscle three times a week. I mean, I know people that have grown on it. Doesn't that doesn't the, the Fortitude system? Isn't that set up like like that Fortitude training? It's full body every time. Yeah, you train. yeah. So 
But so, the I mean, way it's set up is like, you know, you're accommodating, so you're not doing as much volume. So you may right, still right. end up, you know, it's, yeah. You know, so, and, and um, so there's, there's a lot of that. I mean, it, it, you can make it work, but I think primarily, if you're trying to get a weak point to grow, first of all, you have to examine your mechanics and you yep. have to examine your intensity for this, the sets you are doing. Like if you're training hamstrings once a week and they're not growing, don't just add two, three hamstring workouts. Look at your mechanics first. Look at your intensity. Look at how you're, you know, get your workout set up properly. Get your exercise execution properly. Maybe your hamstrings start growing at that point and you're not have to train them two, right. three times a week. So look at that stuff first. If you have a stubborn mm. body part at that point, you can look at adding more volume, more hard sets, which is be the volume that counts, or maybe another hit later in the week of a few hard sets or something like that. But, I, I think that just, you know, blanket frequency isn't the right approach. You wind up spending a lot more time doing a lot more junk volume. Yeah. Yeah, like you, uh, you could end up just doing more of what wasn't working to begin with, you know. Right. Great, Wasted great exercises, word. inefficient stuff. A lot of times, um, you know, I, I feel like with training – there was a time as a coach that if somebody wanted a training plan, I just included it in, in my coaching. Uh, and, and, and it was like, no big deal. Here's your training plan. Go. And now I recognize that there's just so much more nuance to it. So instead of having somebody do it, like the, everybody wants a, a new split. Everybody wants a good split. Mm -hmm. Like what's the best split? What I care about is, and we've talked about this before, is how do you perform the exercises to begin with? You know, I think right. that that's going to be your foundation. You might be able to take like even an inferior split and make awesome progress if you can learn to get better activation. So there's Absolutely. that. Right. Um, and yeah, you guys, you know, of course, DLB, she's she's a genetic freak. She just is. So it doesn't surprise me, you know. Um, and, and I will say this. I think there is when it comes to growing and this is something I didn't always understand when it comes to growing a lagging body part, we only have so much recoverability that if, if you take a guy and the example I always use is the guy who has, you know, and, and somebody we all respect the guy who has great legs, newer guy, he's got great legs, but he needs to grow his upper body. And when you break his training apart, he has these like brutal two hour leg days that he needs to take a nap mm -hmm. after. And it's like he lives for training legs and he's putting. So, so it, imagine if we only have if we have like a glass of recovery. Right. And we dump out right. half of it for that leg day. Then you only have the rest of that half to, you know, divvy up between the other body parts. So there is something to be said about if you are training a body part multiple times, you're giving it more attention so more your recovery is going to go to that body part. So th I think there could be a balance. I think it could be done. But I think for a lot of us, it comes down to how much we're how much we're training, you know, how much volume is in that workout overall. Yeah. Right. And this reminds me what she's doing reminds me of what worked for Brandon Curry. You know, we interviewed him a couple of years ago and talked all about Oxygen Gym and about what worked for him there. Cause he made a lot of great progress. He went to oxygen and then he came back and he won the Arnold classic and then he won the Olympia and he was good before mm -hmm. that, but he was really good after that, you know, after he went to oxygen and, and, and he said, you know what? I always knew that it was important to watch how much you trained and take care of your recovery and not overdo it. 
And then I went to oxygen and I realized that those things might not apply to me. Boom, flat right. out. And what they do there yep. is they just, just burn you into the ground. You know, it's they give you your volume. Yeah, set all the volume. Set set. Yep. Yeah. And if you can handle it, then you're an oxygen, you're an oxygen gym guy. And if you can't, if you don't have the genetics to handle that, then you're pushed to the wayside and you go somewhere else. So that's why oxygen is pumping out so many good people because the good people that go there shine. You know, they, they push the greatest people to their limits, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's my take. The- there is something to be said about pure volume. Like volume is the ultimate dictator on a, a, the overload of a muscle, but you can get that through like high intent. The high intensity training is technically to me the most efficient way to do it because hmm. it's right. done in the least amount of time. Yeah. And to me, time mm-hmm. it, time's a factor when you're thinking of what's more efficient. Um, but you know, if you do a hard set of 10, that's, fairly challenging and you do five of them that's harder than two of them you know like right so people that respond to pure volume they can just like like that's what you get when you go to those places like you don't see them doing a lot of forced reps you don't see them doing a lot of like that sort of stuff over there it's like usually like eight nine ten rack yeah and then the next set eight nine Mm -hmm. ten rack like a lot of that stuff yeah yeah drop sets like a lot of that sort of stuff so pure volume works for people that have the right equalizer settings. Drea, you know, training Drea's <laughs> training legs three times a week now. You know, yeah, she's, recovering she's, from it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I bet she's not doing delts three times a week or back no. three times a week. Right? You know? No, no, right? no. So you got to. It's got to be like fine tuned. So, but yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. I mean, it's the uh, math puzzle that will never get, you know, conclusively solved with a number. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that's what the big takeaway should be for this with people is and the reason i thought it was great to bring up is we we tend to either dismiss things completely or people on their own decide there's only one way to train and that's the way ron trains ron trains his athlete like ron trains dusty trains his athlete like dusty trains other people all the time ask me so is dc training the only training you offer for people i'm like (laughs) i have two people right now two running dc for training Right. It's it's actually nowhere near even the highest percentage of what I suggest for people. Hmm. So very, very key. And I think the best way to find these things out is to take the information you have at your fingertips and apply it. Like if you really, I mean, there's two things. Number one, I think most people are, are worried about lagging muscles when their whole body is lagging. Yeah. I think that's a mistake. I think early on, you have to ask yourself, like when you're saying, oh man, I got I to get my biceps up. It's like, I'm not saying you don't, but when looking at the highest level you're planning on getting to, are any of your muscles big enough to be in that yet? Hmm. Well, no. Well, then don't stop. Hmm. Like Branch yes. Warren turned pro with gigantic legs, <laughs> a great structure, and a weak upper body. Weak. In comparison to his own legs, I say weak. Well, he turned pro and then he started refining and getting his physique better. And I guarantee you, as the volume went up for back, arms, legs, shoulders, whatever it was in any given timeline, the volume went down for legs. I bet. He didn't need to train them. He probably didn't train them at all or very lightly. And then overall, it's like like you, like Ron was saying, you've got this gas tank for your full body, for your CMS of how much you can be taxed. If you're doing three big hits, so we'll call it 60%, you're training five days a week, 
in legs, you've only got two hits left. You you can't blast out everything at the highest level because if that was the case, it'd be like, yeah, well, I want everything bigger. So if I train my legs yeah. three times a week, my <laughs> shoulders three times a week, my bicep, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then it'll all get bigger faster. Um, just doesn't work that way in our sport. And I know that that was something like Kobe Bryant pushed with his training was he would start training at 4 a.m. And it, quite simply, he figured out, if I do this and train X amount of times per day, by the end of this many years, I will have gotten 300 more workouts and 50,000 more shots or whatever than my competition. And in that sport, that works. In ours, it, it doesn't, which is why back in the Arnold era, guys were training for five, six hours. And now we're like, oh, you were there for longer than two hours? What were yeah. you doing? Were right, you wasting right. time? Were you talking? Did you do too much? That shouldn't right. be the case, you know? So, yeah, I thought that was a good question, and I enjoy pointing it out because, again, there's somebody it's working for, and I definitely wouldn't argue she's wrong for herself. But I don't think that everyone should train Dana Lynn Bailey's way, and I don't think everyone should row Dusty Hanshaw's way. Just a thought. There you go. There's – there's a lot of clients that I have I, that I haven't actually given a program to. I'm I'm trying to like more give them a philosophy of yes. execution and recovery instead of like mm-hmm. dictating. You know what I mean? And just uh, the the principle that like not all exercises are worth your while. Like right. you know that that bicep machine that's only hard at the top, but the rest of the rep is really easy. Like just like do something else that's hard all the way through, do a better quality. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like I try to say certain exercises, like if you have five sets of hamstrings, pick the machines that like pick the leg curl that really hammers your hamstrings. Like don't, you don't have to use all three of the leg curls at your gym. If one of them is like really easy at the bottom and only hard at the top, like, you know right. what I mean? Like you got to yeah. think about what you're spending your time doing. Like, you know, I'd rather mm-hmm. have someone just do a good standing cable curl than some machine that had uneven or a, a crappy strength curve or, you know, was too easy at the top or, you know what I mean? So oh, yeah. that sort of stuff. Just efficiency with time is important too, you know, don't waste your time. Um, exercises that matter. So, okay. That counts too. Good. What do you good, think, good. Scott? I, I think that is great. I think you guys had some good stuff there. Um we did have some listener questions. If you guys want to tackle any of them, or I don't know if you had yeah, any absolutely, else. definitely. All right. So, Frank Sullivan, Is this YouTube or Patreon? We have a mix of both. Frank Sullivan's okay. from Patreon, and uh, he's an older guy. He said, "Is having good abs all diet and genetics? Is there any aesthetic value to training abs? If so, what's worked from a training standpoint for you and your clients, or both? Thanks." Great question. This is uh, this is like actually fits right in with our most frequently asked questions topic. It really does because this is a very common <laughs> one too. And uh, the answer is for some people, it it, it it's it's uh, it's going to be a body part they have to really really work on. You know, I've seen really mm-hmm. good bodybuilders that had very thin abs. You know, the bricks. They just didn't have yep. bricks. They had really thin abs. The ab walls were hard to kind of see. They had to get super lean to really see all their abs. They didn't have a lot yep. of intercostal separation. All the muscles down the side weren't really thick and you know gnarly. And so they have to train the crap out of their midsections. There's some bodybuilders that should be training abs um, because abs are sort of one of those body parts like you know, your martial artists that do a thousand sit-ups a day and stuff like that. Abs are, abs are right. one of those things that, that, I mean, it's hard to train them with load. 
So you kind of need high reps and frequency to bash them. And I mean, there's a lot of guys I tell them you should be training your abs really hard three times a week, or you should be doing abs like every day at the gym. You should be doing some abs or something like you got to mm-hmm. work on your abs. And because um, getting lean isn't enough. You know what I mean? And then there's other guys yes. like I hate to say myself, I always had a fantastic ab shot with a tight waist and shredded intercostals and serratus and stuff. And I hardly ever trained my abs. And I don't know if that's because of how I trained. Like I remember doing press downs with the stack, putting a dumbbell on my foot so it wouldn't lift me off the ground. (laughs) And I remember doing like heavy ass press downs. Yeah. And my abs being sore the next day. I remember all the one arm dumbbell rows I would do. The next day, all my intercostals and and all the muscles up the sides, up into my ribs would all be sore from one-arm dumbbell rows. And I remember like all that stuff always being like sore and impactful. Like yeah. the day after legs, my abs would be a little sore, like from this right. holding my core tight, you know, because I would wear my belt, but I wouldn't crank my belt. I was kind of conscious to kind of make my waist do half the work, you know? Hmm. And, right. And um, – so I don't know if it was just the training or the fact, like I mentioned last episode where I did, you know, I did martial arts for years. So we did a lot of sit-ups. They were like, you know, you do a sit-up and your partner would push you back. Oh, you know, yeah. Like that sort yeah, of yeah. stuff. We did, we did a lot of that in Taekwondo. You'd come up as hard as you could and your partner would push you back, you know, boom, boom, boom. And, um, you know, doing the speed sit-ups for the Canada fitness test in, in, in like grade school, they'd, <laughs> they'd make you do like, you know, how many sit-ups can you do in 30 seconds and all that stuff. I remember that was like a part of growing up. So I don't know if maybe that's why I had abs part of it, but, um, I never really had to train them that much. I would train them sometimes, you know, I better do some abs, you know, that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> if I had, maybe if my lower back was bugging me. I'd think, oh, I should do right. some. Maybe I got to train some abs. I got a little imbalance here, you know. Um, yep, yep. But but otherwise, I kind of got away with murder. But that doesn't mean that everyone does. Uh, some people gotta bash them to get the bricks because, you know, the 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 thicker the brick, the bigger the crevice. You know, the 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 right. the more your abs are gonna <laughs> show, no matter yeah. what. You know, that slightly higher body fat. So yeah, I mean. For most people, the kitchen is ninety percent of abs. But some of you guys got to oh, sure. Yep. What about is you, that about like, Scott? Is that two minutes too long? I, well, I think that, that, no, I mean, it really covered a lot of it. Because the, the, only, the, the only thing I always press with clients is just the fact that you, you want to be cautious in having weak abs for the rest of your training. I'm really more concerned with them becoming a hindrance in your low back. Yeah. You know, things like that. Um, so... I write abs into training, all of my clients' training, and I know most of them don't do it um, because it's 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 just normal. It's you know it's it's like calves. Everyone's like, my calves suck. I'm like, when's the last time you trained them? Well, my calves suck. I'm like, got it. You don't train them. Your arms would suck too if you didn't train them. Um, right. You know, I mean, granted, I understand it's harder, but um, the abs I really do press. It's kind of like for me, cardio in the off season. I press cardio so that your wind doesn't start screwing up your training. Yeah. And so that your appetite is high from movement. I'm not trying to like it. I know a lot of people say, well, why would you cardio if you're trying to bring in an excess of calories? Isn't that counterproductive? And I'm like, well, if, yeah, if you're looking at only from one plane, yes. You know, so the ab training, like, like I'm like Ron, I always had thick abs. And obviously the way I trained, essentially trained them as well. 
But in hindsight, late in my career, I realized like, man, I should have been doing some lower abdominal work all the time because I had really strong four abs and then I had the bottom two, but they were a lot less just, damn, you know, you look like a Nick Walker. I mean, his abs are blocky from his sternum to his nuts. It's like just blocks <laughs> yeah. all the way down, awesome. you know, and, and that is attention to detail to me. So there's a reason he's one of the best there is beyond genetics. So, you know, I, I say if you're asking the question, more work won't be the wrong answer. Yes. Yeah. I like that. I, I used to have very shallow abs when I first was competing. And I think it's because I wasn't a very athletic person for years and years, you know. Uh, and so I didn't have that that foundation of of using them. The way somebody might have, mm. like, I imagine being a hockey player, Dusty, like, you're using your core a ton. Yeah, you know, out skating. On, yeah, yep. I imagine. Shooting, yeah. So, uh, out of, you know, uh, my first contest, I recognized my abs were really shallow. And what I started mm -hmm. doing is, from there forward, I just used that, you know, that it's, like, I think Life Fitness has one. It's like the seated crunch machine where your legs come up and the top crunches down. And it's selectorized. Yeah, and I hammer. Just, oh, yeah. Oh, hammer. Yeah. So I'd yep. just take like and put or, like maybe two or three plates on it and I'd crunch down and I'd hold and then I would go up real slow and I'd repeat that. Right. And I got like 20 reps and then all of a sudden my abs just started spasming. And then I look, you know, crazy <laughs> in the gym because I'm standing there like this trying to get it all to stretch out. And the next day I came back and I did like 25 and I was like, okay, I'm going to get to 40, right? Right. I got to yeah, 40 yeah. and then I could just do 40 all the time. And it takes like two minutes, right? To do 40 of those things. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking, I wasn't just like pumping them out. I was really trying to control it, squeeze and then slow negative. So then I said, all right, right 60, I'm going to do 60. I worked up to 80, 80. You can get 80 in under five minutes. You can do it at the end of your workout and it's simple, you know? And if you try, you can right. like bring more of the lower abs in by trying to use more lower leg and lift, you know? So Anyway, mm -hmm. I've seen all sorts of ab work that people do. That worked for me, and it got my abs like really thick. Plus, I think over time, doing deadlifts and squats, everything else, they continued to right. thicken up on their own, you know? That's sure. my favorite ab machine. That's Is the it? only ab machine we have. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just the good old <laughs> hammered strength ab machine. I don't know. I just it's, It works for me, too, whenever I've trained abs. And abs are a funny body part. If you haven't been training them and you just do like a set of crunches, they start spasming. Oh, what yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Like, yeah, what's wrecked. going on here? You know? Yeah, it's pretty funny. I had mine spas at spasm at a comedy club. I might have told you guys this before, but I trained. And <laughs> then I got, yeah, I got dressed, got cleaned up. You know, we went to a comedy club and I was seeing this guy, Mike Berbiglia. And uh, I'm sitting like, you know, not right in front, but far enough up that if I stood up to stretch my abs mid-set, he would have seen me. So I'm like trying to like lay down in this seat and stretch my legs out during the show. I didn't want to be the guy like, you know, standing up. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, bodybuilder's having yeah. a... Bodybuilder oh. having a cramp in the front row here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you got to go get some steroids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you think about this one, Dusty? Um, Kevin21 says, although it isn't recommended, how would you guys go about trying to out-train a bad diet? Calorie surplus. <laughs> I love this. With, <laughs> I love this. I thought you would with a bodybuilder mindset. Two times a day workouts, longer sessions, more cardio, type of cardio. And then he adds, asking for a friend. 
Of course he is. <laughs> I love this guy. This might be my best friend. Sorry. Um, <laughs> this should have been our lead right, question. So, <laughs> yeah. Why did we start with all this garbage? Um, so I love this because, and, and I think you guys understand what I mean. This is every high school athlete. Yeah. That's what I used to do. I would eat garbage all day because the, the thought process at school is, I mean, dumb it down. Me eat food, me lift weights. Done. Grow. That'll get me huge. Um, and so that's what I would do. I trained in the morning before school. I trained after school. Just, just train. And I ate a lot. That was my answer. Like you just go eat and you're like, I wonder how many junior bacon cheeseburgers I can eat. <laughs> you wouldn't know until you started buying them. I mean, that was literally normal. And I really think, like I was talking about last week, there's a place for it. Hmm. I know it sounds crazy, but I, I really do think there is something to be said about just unleashing in the gym when you're young and eating what makes you happy and strong and, and just going after it. You know, I mean, like, like Ron says, if, if you're going in there and, and – and getting her every day and you're eating a lot of protein from whatever and calories, you're going to get bigger. So do I think a 42 year old guy like me should do that? <laughs> Sadly, no, but a kid, if, if a kid's 19 and asking the question, you tell me kid, make it happen. Let's see. I like it. Yeah. 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 Oh, training a bad diet. Um, well, I'm assuming he means too many calories because bad yes. diet could would just be like not eating. But yeah, oh, training a bad diet. I would say, I would say, you know, if you're really, you know, trying to outrun your terrible habits, um, I would say that you could do, you know, a big drop set at the end of every exercise um, just to uh, burn a little bit more glycogen off and leave a little bit more room for all the carbs you're about to pig out on and uh, try to get a little more depleted. And then I would hop on the bike. I would hop on the, the echo bike or the whatever. And I would hit like, you know, two or three hard bike sprints at the end of a workout. You're not going to shrink. Don't worry. But I would get that heart rate jacked as high as possible in 30 seconds and uh, do that a couple of times. Cause I really think those uh, bike sprints are, are a real good, like trigger for, you know, laying around on the couch and burning a little extra calories to go along yeah. with your workout. And, uh, also, just tap tapping the legs for glycogen, you know, a couple of uh, sprints gives a little more room, you know. You're, you're cleaning out the closet, <laughs> bringing in the new stuff, you know. You just, uh, yeah, a little glycogen dump at the end of every workout doesn't hurt, you know. Just smash it a bit. So. All right. Got a couple more here. And what about this one? He says, uh, well, he starts saying, my pronouns are man, bro. Anti-trend. Is it really necessary? <laughs> Is it really necessary? Is it possible for genetics to allow you to use a bikini stack, but for bros and do very well? Absolutely. I've, I, yep. I know a lot of athletes that don't use trend. I know Meet Dusty Hanshaw. Your first cycle was a bikini stack, I'd say. Yeah, primo. Oh, yeah. The, the primo amps, one one of those bad boys a week. Um, I, yeah. Go ahead, Ron. I, no, 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 no. You, you go ahead. You. <laughs> no, so all I was going to say is, like, Tren is the new Winstrol. It is literally, you guys will laugh, but uh, Ron, you had said this, and I didn't 
I don't know. I mean, I just I didn't think anything of it. You were like, oh, yeah, it's talked about on shows now and things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen that because I don't really watch that kind of television. And then the other day, uh, the girls are over at the house, and I hear one of the girls go, well, what is it, from Trend? And I'm like, <laughs> this is a 16-year-old girl just just dropping the trend. And I was like, well, is that acetate or enanthate? Anyways, um, <laughs> but it was just funny. It's it's literally a joke at that level. So because of that, it's become the drug that everyone thinks you have to take. Um, so A, you don't need trend. And B, you don't need huge cycles necessarily. And I have to throw the necessarily in there because I am guilty of keeping everyone down in their cycles because I don't, I don't, I never needed it. And there is a point where you're like, all right, you're kind of at the point where you're not seeing change and your blood work is good. So let's not be afraid to push your levels a little higher than I did and see what happens. You know, so there's, there's two sides of that is what I'm pointing out. Cause I do feel like sometimes you get on that, that bus where everybody goes, Oh, well he's the anti this thing. And I'm like, I didn't mean to be, but I kind of did become that. Like I was keeping everyone real low. And then you start realizing like, Oh shit. For this guy, right. we might need it. And, and sometimes you'd push it up and nothing happens. So you just bring it back down. You're like, okay, yep, that wasn't <laughs> a good idea. And other times it was up. So I kind of went all over on answering the question because he kind of threw two in there, but it doesn't have to be huge doses. You don't have to do trend and you might need both. One <laughs> <laughs> one of my things about trend is, uh, well, first of all, I think it's gotten way out of hand. Like I, I've seen females doing posts on like how to use trend and i'm just like oh wow this is be a man it was the first this step. is this has oh. gone off the rails like i i i pretty firm believer that any woman who's using trend is uh you know well i shouldn't say any woman who's using trend is going to regret it but a lot of them are um yep i'm not a, i'm not afraid to say that i think that it's it's uh probably going to be a regrettable thing um but uh the guy's doses are just getting too crazy for me. Like I can't wrap my head around some of the numbers I'm hearing people say. I like I, you know, I was in the trenches using it when it was first underground. Like I remember what's a three? Three hundred. That's all you need. Three hundred. Yeah. Like, well, I remember I used Parabolin. I had you used the real so bad. I, I, Holy I, shit! I used, <laughs> You're yeah. kidding. Yeah, I used real. I had fifteen amps of real Parabolin for my very first show in 97 huh. when, I, when I did my first show. And I took two amps a week for seven weeks. You know what I mean? Like I got my 15 in yeah. and I went two amps a week. And um, the only other things I had was I had VET Probe and I had, um, what else did I have for that first show? I had Veterinarian Probe, Veterinarian Clen, Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that was oh, it nice. and then i yeah and then i got 15 amps of parabolin wow and uh i think they were real because we went through the anabolic reference guide we matched up the boxes and made sure oh, they looked yeah. right and all that whole like guerrilla warfare stuff we had to do back in the day with black and white photos and yeah making sure the boxes yeah. looked right and uh so yeah but but you know and then i remember when they just vanished. And then the trend showed up on the underground scene in like 2000, like right around the turn of the millennium, the trend became like, Oh my God, you get trend below now. And it was, you know, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But, but the doses now are just so crazy. And 
I think that um, we're going to see uh, we're going to see it have to go back the other way because I think a lot of I think that a lot of these guys are going to have a lot of problems with the doses they're running right. for the length of time they're running. I don't think that it's going to be without consequence, and I think that that is going to trend back the other way. I think there's already a lot of people that are saying, you know what, I don't want to use trend anymore because they don't feel good on it or they've used too much and they've had like, oh my god, I'm going to feel like I'm going to smash somebody. Or something yeah. like that, because um, not everyone tolerates it. You know, some guys really hate how they feel on it. I've had people use. I've had people tell me like, I tried trend and I did not like it. You know, my one buddy calls it divorce in a bottle. Yeah. You know, so like, <laughs> it's not for everybody. You know, so and then I saw more plates, more dates. Had a guy on, and they were talking about how trend balone. They felt like it was directly linked to. Uh, rising sexual deviancy <laughs> and how the, the trend alone was driving like this pursuit of sexual novelty and, and it made it was making the guys like more perverted it was pretty funny but it was like eh, eh, kind of see that <laughs> i was gonna say that explains a lot <laughs> i wasn't a bad guy it was Got the it. trend yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you guys on that. Um, I don't know. Do we have time for one more? We, I think we we're about yeah, to. We're okay. One more. Um, I, I, want, yeah. I did want to mention this. Paige, she's a IBB pro. She said I got oh, to yes, meet Ron yes. again, and I'm official. Uh, I'm official for Vancouver Pro. So see you again soon. Uh, and then she mentioned just referring to some stuff on the previous poaching, episode yeah, about yeah. The, the 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 poaching stuff like that. So anyway, wanted to mention that awesome. and. Last question was um, proudest moment as a coach or as an athlete. Ooh, that's a it's a big a one. Tough one. It's going out on a big one. We, how about we don't have to say like the written in stone proudest moment will be on your tombstone, but how about like a real proud one? You know, a memorable moment. I I still feel like my proudest competition moment was my first overall win in 99 when I won the provincials. Hmm. And the reason I, I feel proud of that was it was like, how do it might sound cheesy, but it was like the purest win. Like there were no, there were no like wanting to be pro mentality. There was no like pursuit of bodybuilding as like a career or an end result, or it was still so like, I don't know. It was just, just the pursuit of greatness and wanting to be the last man standing. Like my true goal was the overall win. My goal wasn't to qualify for nationals. My goal wasn't to turn pro next year. Like it wasn't in my head at all. I was super focused. I was really broke. I was going to college full time. I had no money. Um, I had no life. I had no friends. I had nothing. I had school, cooking food, training. And it was... Yes. It was like the rockiest moment, like Rocky, like the movie Rocky. It was like the rockiest, my rockiest win, I guess. And I was only 23 and it was just so, it was the 90s. And I just, I look back on that just with the most fondest memories as an athlete. Love that. That makes sense. For you, Scott. Yes. I'm going to say as a coach, there's a couple that I can, that really come to mind was the first time that I had a client win in overall 
and I wasn't even at the show. Um, and they were texting me and I had two guys in it and they were in the same class and they took the, the one guy took first, the other guy took second to him. And then mm-hmm. the guy who took first ended up winning the overall. And when I got that text, I like started tearing up. I was just really happy, you know, happy for them. Right. And I knew what it meant, you know, to win a show. So it was exciting to me to be able to be a part of that. So the first time I'd gotten that, and then the first guy that turned pro that I had helped, and I was there for that one. And it just like, it blew my mind and it was so cool. And we've got a picture like standing mm-hmm. together with the trophy and the look at my face. I look like, I looked kind of like, uh, I can't say the R word. I, I had like a dumb look on my face just cause I was like so <laughs> emotional and happy about it. You know? <laughs> I, I love that you just said it that way. It it worse. Um, <laughs> I love how, when you said the R word, you made me say the word in my head. <laughs> Brain ninja. I get in trouble for saying that one on the show oh, and, at, and at home. I love how we do that, you know? Just make everyone else say it in their head. I don't have to say it, but I'm going to make you all say it in your head. 5,000 people just said that on YouTube just now. Um, uh, so I'm going to share the coach moment, and I'm sharing this in part with Ron because we've talked about this before. He's, he's had this as well. But I stopped going to bodybuilding shows like a long time ago. Okay. Um, I just – I find most local level shows to be boring. People don't get in shape. Um, it just feels like a waste of time because there's just not many. Like when I was getting into bodybuilding, there were a lot of really good guys. I was like, I don't know how I'm ever going to be like one of these guys. And now I go to shows and I've, I've had a few. I mean, one point I actually put up a post. I was disgusted that no one dieted for the mm-hmm. show. Um, so anyways, uh, a few years ago now, um, I went to a show. And it had already not been going for a long time. And I'm sitting in the stand of the audience and a few people are like, oh, my God, you're at the show. I'm like, yeah, I've got a few guys doing it. And uh, the uh, light heavies walk out and there are people just watching. And a guy walks out and the guy in front of me turns around and goes, that one of them? I'm like, yeah. He goes, figured. And then another guy walks out and then another guy walks out and he goes, shit, is that one of them too? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, no. Yeah. I just loved the fact that I had created the point where I didn't have to tell anybody who my guys were. If you went to the show and there were two there were people that were sliced out of their head, they were probably with me. And that was that was a good feel when you realize, like, man, I haven't been to a show in five years and yeah. someone can peg it in two seconds. And I know, Ron, we joke about that all the time. You show up with one athlete and then you win the show and leave. Like, that's fun. You know, because yeah. we we have the right people that reach out to us but they've also got the mentality to go to a place that a lot of people talk about. And like, when someone says, I'll do anything, I'm like, well, we'll see. Yeah. Cause I'm gonna ask you to do anything, but only a few really do, you know? So yeah. when they do, when it comes together, it's nice because you know, it, it, like you said, when you have two guys in first and second, that's tough to beat. Or you, or you've got four guys in an overall and you're like, yeah. I did my job. Judges, this is up to you. You know, so <laughs> so so those are fun. Um, and I wanted to segue, Ron, because you said about the overall. So Tommy Styles won his first overall this weekend. I was going to mention that um, man. He looks so good. Yes, I sent him a message. So here was the thing, though. So he he won his first overall, and it wasn't a big show. Okay. okay? And this isn't for Tommy directly. This is for everybody. He was like, ah, it wasn't a, a huge show. I'm like, well, number one, you were nasty. Yeah. And you beat everyone that came. 
And number two, I don't think a lot of us realize, because you're on this show, Ron's won overalls, I've won overalls. You start to assume that everyone has. There are a lot of great bodybuilders who have never won an overall title. That's exactly what I So I, I just think them. that people need to take a step back and say, if you ever win an overall, that's a big deal, and I don't care what show it is. Like, you beat everyone that came, and that's your job. You know, so I just, I think people need to do that because in that quest, like you were saying, Ron, where you were, that was your only goal was to win that show because Tommy has bigger goals. He, he kind of wanted to bypass that. Like, oh yeah, it wasn't that big. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's an overall. That's a big ass deal. So for anybody listening that's shooting for an overall or has won one, dude, soak that up. Like that's fun. That is bodybuilding. That's what it's all about. And it doesn't matter what the show is, if it's the Nationals, the Olympia, or the freaking Mr. Iowa. Like, take yeah. your win. Yeah, there's something about being the last last man standing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's a great feeling, and that's exactly what I told Tommy. I said, there's guys on the Olympia stage that have never won an overall. Hmm. And yep. um, it's, you know, no matter what level it's at, it's like, a, you know, something you want to, like, take a moment and, you know, look out at that crowd you know, and just say, yeah. you know, hey, I took the whole thing. You know, it's just a neat feeling. So that is cool. And he looked great. And it was it was really cool. I saw just a couple of the pictures. It was great to see just how much size he's put on too. it. I'm, I'm really excited for him. You know, I, I really am. Yeah. Yeah. He and, and he worked with uh, with uh, Dom Cardone. Got to point that out. He has been ready for so long. Like, it was funny because, you know, we talk, but we don't, we're friends. We don't really talk about body ever. Okay. Uh, you know, so, and uh, so I finally was like, I'm winning. When are you competing? Like, I just, I couldn't hold it anymore. He goes, well, we're going to do a show this weekend because I've been ready for like weeks. Like, he wasn't even planning on doing this show. It's just, he's been ready for so long. He was like, oh, get up there. You know what I mean? So he's got another show in, in two weeks, a bigger one. And excited to see how that comes together. And in this case, it's not even like, well, you got now you got some things to tweak. I'm like, well, if you just do what you guys did last time, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of speaking of Dom, he was in uh, Toronto because he was with Ross uh, Flanagan's. Oh. Oh right, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was there, and I talked to both of them. I was back backstage chatting to him, and uh, I was just blown away. I have to mention this to you guys. Because, uh, like, the first thing Ross said to me was, like, oh, man, I listen to you guys all the time. Love your You're show. kidding. That's cool. And, <laughs> and I'm, like, oh, it just, like, blows me away. So, and I said, well, we got to have you on the show then. Like, yeah. I, I yeah. forget. And then also I ran into Jason Lowe, who okay. was there. And, right. and he did the Open, too, right? And, like, you know, he, didn't he already go to the Olympia, like, physique and then classic? Didn't he do both? Like, he's, he's done, done, done both of those classes. So he was in the bodybuilding. And and he uh, he told me he watches the show all the time too, and I was just like, it's crazy. He's like, oh, I love the show, but yeah, I remember you know it's just when when an actual pro who's active tells you that they watch the show, you're just like, I love oh, that. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that too. So you know, Is letting you guys where we know. apologize for our coverage of the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is where we apologize for our lack of our, our inability to properly cover the show. Oh, We're the only channel that can't seem to do this right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. And somehow, somehow, some of the pros still watch the show, even though we completely neglect proper coverage of what they're doing and fail to mention them at like, every turn. <laughs> I, I wanted I to tell you, guys. Out, Ron, though it's it's uh, it's 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 Freudian. 
you got two guys that were never going to make the top five, making sure to leave guys out of the top five. <laughs> it's all us attacking them is all it is. <laughs> totally true. Totally true. Hey, um, I, uh, I wanted to tell you guys, I went to the Michigan State Championships this past weekend, and it was a blast. That's my that's my main point is it was so I had such a good time and I met some people who listened to the show. I was kind of surprised like, you know, that I because I, I don't really leave the house a lot, you know, so I, I train from home. I don't really like go to the gyms. I'm not like in the inner circle of like what's happening on the local level the way I may have been right. in the past. Um, but it was really cool because I felt, you know, the feeling when you just like I felt like I was right at home, you know, I I got to go backstage and hang out with everybody. And I, I got to see people I've competed against, you know, that are coaching now. And I got to see, I met, uh, I saw a guy named Dom Kuza, who's a young coach and he listens to our stuff. And he told me, he was like, you know, that I, he told me he, that I inspired him to coach. He was like, up until that point, I had never met anybody that coached before for a living. And he was like, and then I saw you and I was like, you mean like you can do this, <laughs> you know, and, and he's a great guy. Like he, and the thing is, is like, I can be, I think critical of some of the newer guys when they aren't really respecting the traditions of bodybuilding, but he's a guy who like, he's respect where he, where, where bodybuildings come from. He's done a really great job. He does a really good job with his athletes. So it, it's like, he's a guy that I have a ton of respect for, but it, anyway, it was just such a cool experience. And it reminded me just how much I love, bodybuilding you know it was one of those really cool moments to have that's awesome i I wanted to bring one thing up uh before we close out um did you see the announcement about i know we don't cover a lot of men's physique but did you see the announcement about the height and weight i did yeah Mm -hmm. yeah what do you guys think of that i think it's great because they're they're i think that it's it's a way to start controlling where it goes yeah I mean, you know, and I, and I think also we could, in my opinion, this might kind of piss some people off, but I would love to see them do that with physique also. Like, like do something, women's physique. Women's physique, yeah. Mm. Yeah, like do something to rein it in before it becomes bodybuilding again. You know, mm. I really think that they're trying to do a better job, and I respect it, of keeping these divisions what they are. Because if you don't, they just become – Bodybuilders in board shorts. Yeah. Yes. And it takes away you from know, the bodybuilding pool. Yes, and they're not. I'm sorry, and I, and I know that the bodybuilders love to hate on physique guys for some reason. I freaking love their physiques. It's I where it started. Nuts. Yeah. I think some it's of these such guys a good now, look. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, some of these guys. I mean, Jeremy. You know, train. We 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 have so many great athletes that train in my area. They look like cartoon characters. They do, and, and I'm like, I'm sorry, but anybody that hates on this is is just just envious because I look at them and I'm like, all right, so in a t-shirt, you just look like a, a guy with some muscle on a t-shirt. Then that t-shirt comes into a tank top, and I'm like, how is that under there? <laughs> like, what I, the fuck? <laughs> I remember standing backstage last year at the Dallas Pro, and the men's physique were pumping up. And I remember looking at some of the guys that are like six one, you know, yeah. broad shoulders, like four feet wide, tiny waist yeah. pumping up. And I remember just thinking, like, 
what a shame that these guys didn't come through the super heavyweight class at the nationals mm. because yep. with a yeah. decent set of legs on half these guys, they would just steamroll the super heavies mm. because oh, yeah. a lot of the super heavies don't have the best structure, right? That's one of the knocks on the class at a national level is that sure. the super heavies, you know, they'd be the big guys, but conditioning, maybe not quite there on a lot of them or the structure, not quite favorable or, you know, that's the knock generally. Yep. And the cream rises to the top in that division. And, some of these dudes, man, like even decent legs, just decent legs, steamroll. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Yep. out of the way. Like the front lat spreads would just look ridiculous. The quarter turns would be just off the hook. Like, uh, you know, back relax shots on these guys are already crazy. I would just love to see the gene pool <laughs> of this stuff flowing back right. into the super heavy class at nationals. And, yeah. and, and I think that that's, that's exactly what we need. And that's, I think, the main issue that has happened Purpose. with men's physique is, yeah, mm -hmm. like it's not just about the pro level. It's about the guys coming up. You've got to direct that flow. The guys that have what it takes to get big, man, you've got to make sure they're bodybuilding <laughs> or at least doing, you know, maybe they'll fit in the classic. I don't know how the heights and weights are going to work out, but like... Is a six foot classic guy gonna be he better be heavier than a six foot physique guy. They better put the weight lower. Yeah. Right. Right. So like yeah, they gotta control where they go, I agree. Yeah, you know, they gotta have it like let's direct the river, you know? We want that talent where it should be. So Yeah, and I, I think, think that, that, that should be the case too, because guys are doing the wrong classes. I mean, how many times do you have somebody come to you and they're like, I wanna do this class? You're like, uh no. Like, you know, it'd be a guy like me, but he's 186 pounds. He's like, yeah, I'm going to do classic. And I'm like, you are as classic as a Kenmore, dude. No. Yeah. No, no, no. Right. We, you're a bodybuilder. You're just small. As classic as a Kenmore. <laughs> Wait a minute. I have to. Oh, Dusty just mic dropped us. He's he gone. Mic dropped. Yeah. That's it. He didn't have to say another word. That was yeah. the best line. You're as classic as a Kenmore. <laughs> Boom. Like I'm thinking of a yeah, I'm thinking of a washing machine or a fridge. Yeah, I was thinking you know? refrigerator, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh man. What do you want to do, Scott? Is Dusty coming back? I am gonna predict that his phone died because he was holding it the whole time, you know, and you only have you can only talk with us for so long before your battery dies, even if he was charged uh, up. I don't I want say, him to come back. Yeah. No, I don't want to say anything else. That was like a great place to just end it there, I think. What do you think? Yeah. I love it. I love it. Oh, wait. Okay. No, that said, he came back. Ah. <laughs> came back for the encore. Yeah. The mic dropped with the best line of the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> and he was gone. That was great, buddy. Yeah, that's what you get for holding your phone when you, when you yeah. say that. <laughs> that's great. Okay. Well, I think we've done what we need to do here. Remember, everybody. Like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the ring bell. The bell. Even there with the go. mute on. Okay. Yes, we got Did it. <laughs> we got it. And uh, remember the mutant website, immutant.com, Dusty20, Big Ron20. We've got the Think Big Bodybuilding Media Patreon. Remember, for the price of a cup of coffee, check out this cup. Look at this cup. This is some serious gourmet shit. You like that? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and remember, everybody, it's just bodybuilding. <laughs>